By 2050, it's expected that two-thirds of the world's population will be living in urban areas. This, at the end of the day, expresses the desire of humankind for spaces where an improved life quality can be planned for and lived by. Therefore, the conversation around sustainable cities is as decisive and broad as the impact of building them up. From materials to financial, social and environmental costs within the construction industry, there are lots of considerations that need to be taken into account when addressing sustainability in cities. And the real estate sector has a big role to play. You know, in the real estate sector, we all know that carbon footprint is very high, representing 70% of global carbon emissions. So in our sector, how we design, build and manage and operate our buildings and how we engage our stakeholders, building users and tenants are very important. Meet Esther Ann, Chief Sustainability Officer at City Developments Limited and a member of the GRI Supervisory Board. And as Esther just said, designing, building and managing buildings is very important, as well as engagement with stakeholders. We are now in the decade of action, and here we'll talk with companies and experts from all over the world about how they're taking actions on the SDGs. To learn from each other about the challenges, opportunities and solutions on the road towards 2030. From the GRI, this is The Rising Tide. Episode on SGD 11, Sustainable Cities and Communities. The private sector plays a key role in achieving the 2030 Agenda, and it's therefore important that organizations understand their impacts on the economy, environment and people in a comparable and credible way. So actually, uh, in our ESG uh, strategy, we have actually four pillars. That is the four I, we call it. The first one is integration. The second one is innovation and adaptation. The third one is investment. And the fourth one is impact. Integration is important because ESG or sustainability will not be effective if it is not truly integrated into your overall corporate culture. It has to be built into your corporate structure from the top to the you know, ground staff and rank and file across all building and all business uh, units and operational units and across every single aspect of the operations. So innovation is very important because technologies and solutions uh, enable us to accelerate our green building and uh, you know, low carbon and resilience economy. And of course, we have to invest in what we believe in. Investing into you know, sustainable technologies and solutions are very important. And uh, impact is what we have to look at because everything a company does has positive or negative impact. And that is where sustainability reporting is so important that we have to identify you know, impact, um, what are the positive impact and what are the negative impact and what are the gaps that we can improve and how can we improve? And all these are very important for us to actually deliver, you know, a few uh, key deliverables that we have established ourselves. And CDL has identified the following key deliverables. The first one is decarbonization, especially 
you know, for industry like ours that has very high carbon impact. And the second deliverable is actually digitalization to help us to decarbonize. And of course, disclosure and communication. We need to disclose and uh, track our performance and uh, share our targets. And of course, the most important thing is the progress versus goals and targets. And uh, what we have done is we have actually started sustainability reporting. And in 2008, we published our very first uh, sustainability report using the GRI framework. And uh, since 2015, we have adopted a very integrated approach to help us to articulate a very strong ESG story and also ESG performance. Someone might think that reporting is just about standards and matrices, and of course those should be included. But complex issues such as achieving sustainable cities go beyond operational performance. To enhance sustainability performance, a company should not only report on sustainability matters that are financially material in influencing business value, but that are material to the market, the environment and people as well. we believe in is, you know, to report uh, what are most materials to our business and to our stakeholders. So starting from 2014, we have actually started conducting uh, materiality assessment, uh, engaging uh, interna- internal stakeholders as well as the major external stakeholders, looking at, you know, the inside out and outside in perspective of ESG impact on both financial and non-financial, you know, um, performance. So this is a very important compass, you know, to provide a, the direction for us to like, what should we focus on annually for our sustainability report? What are the top, you know, material issues that are aligned with our, you know, help us to uh, address risks and opportunities? And since, you know, um, 2017, one of the top material issues is actually innovations and uh, climate, you know, change and also energy efficiency. So um, at the core of our value creation model, it was still our corporate ethos that is conserving as we construct conserving the environment, conserving the communities at large, and most importantly is conserving you know, our planet for not just today, but for the future. Engaging with stakeholders is not only key for identifying material topics, but for changing the mindset and developing the skill sets throughout the value chain as well. We have the whole value chain behind us that we have to engage. I think the most important thing is actually how to convince, you know, our supply chain, um, you know, changing their mindset, changing their behavior is very important. But after the mindset, you also need a skill set. Because we may have a lot of people who are committed to, you know, to drive change. But if you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the skill sets to do so, it will not be able to accelerate action. So mindset, skill sets are very important. And we also have to you know, uh, get all the enablers aligned to help us accelerate action. So how do we get you know, to, to uh, work with uh, regulators, work with private sector partners, and most importantly, is also work with our supply chain and our even consumers as well. We need collective action to tackle the climate emergencies that we are facing today. So for corporates, we definitely have to look at businesses with a different lens. And a business of business today is no longer just about short-term profit-making. 
is also about long-term survival of the planet. After all, without a healthy planet, there will not be healthy people and markets to help businesses to thrive and maintain prosperity for everyone. The shifting focus of a business community to also consider the long-term survival of the planet is not enough. We need broad collaboration between stakeholders at the city, local, national and global level. As the um, Association of Local Governments, uh, we uh, basically uh, have the affiliation of more than 7,000 cities uh, and local governments in this region, Asia-Pacific. So we, um, of course, address the importance of uh, local governments' empowerment, uh, as well as strengthening uh, their relationship with the community uh, through public hearing, through feedback mechanism, to participatory uh, planning, to participatory uh, design. So that's just, just several examples that I can maybe share with you. You just heard from Banadia Chandadevi, Secretary General of United Cities and Local Governments for the Asia-Pacific region. And as corporations implement reporting practices to follow sustainability performance, progress is also being reviewed at national and global level through the Voluntary National Reviews, or VNRs for short. Many countries, uh, when we see their VNRs, uh, normally they don't engage uh, local governments in the process. Yeah, So that's why we try to influence uh, central governments uh, by showing uh, how important local governments uh, in the process of development of VNR. Therefore, uh, we also um, provide uh, guidelines and capacity buildings uh, among, I mean, that uh, local governments can participate in the development of VLR. So it's unique because um, there is no rigid kind of form how VLR should look like. But we, we come up with a strategy uh, when um, the cities are interested in the VLR, we communicate also with the central governments and sometimes we receive uh, some uh, advice. Okay, why don't you make a VLR similar like the format used for uh, VNR that also include community participation, also include financial um, capacity or ability. This also include uh, uh, priorities. So we follow... Um, for, for example, for Surabaya and Jakarta VLRs, we follow the uh, formats that uh, VNR Indonesia has. And good news was uh, that the VLR Surabaya was included in the VNR. This is first time uh, that uh, VLR uh, used as reference uh, for the big country like Indonesia. And the second one is coming. So we, 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 we don't want to create uh, like a shadow report, but we want to support actually uh, what has been done uh, under VNR and then show clearly the perspective of local governments in this. And UCLG's work on engaging local governments and cities in the VNR processes is supported by a core focus on how local governments can strengthen communication on sustainability issues. Actually, I have a five-zero vision in my life. Yeah, um, I don't know whether I should say it, but uh, this five-zero vision um, is really very much relevant uh, to to be the goal of SDGs, yeah? inclusive, safe, resilient, and sustainable cities and committee. So the first zero I put here is zero inequalities. We need to have a human-oriented uh, planning and management and human-centered uh, development. The second zero here is zero poverty. I think we have seen uh, poverty still in many uh, cities in developing countries. The third zero here, uh, I put zero crimes. And the fourth zero, I put here zero greenhouse gas emissions and zero pollution. I think we all have the right to uh, live uh, in a city where uh, you can have a very clean air, no air pollution. And number five, intolerance yeah, and discrimination. So what I like to see is uh, uh, cities that 
have a zero intolerance and zero discrimination. So I, I, I think if we can, um, you know, <laughs> achieve those five visions, I think I'm very confident that um, inclusivity, safety, resiliency, and sustainability of the cities and communities can can be attained or can be achieved here. Yeah. Building trust and good collaboration is key for achieving SDG 11. What we are looking at is about strategy, it's about leadership commitment, and how we integrate the whole value chain into our sustainability performance as well. Because as developer, as corporate, we cannot act alone. We have the whole value chain behind us that we have to engage. As a developer, we have to engage you know, right from the beginning when we get hold of a plot of land, how do we design, how do we plan it with our architects, with our engineer and consultants. And next thing is how do we engage our contractor, main contractor or sub- you know, the, the, the contractors and suppliers. How do we procure in, uh, you know, with sustainability in mind and how do we really build it over the, you know, the, 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 a couple of years of construction cycle. And in the end of the day, after completion, how do we manage properties and how do we engage our users, whether they are home users or tenants and even shoppers or visitors of your buildings have a very strong impact on the environment. And sustainable cities and communities are of course also a place where people can thrive. I really like to have a cities that um, have a soul, have a, what you call a spirits. Uh, this is why we need to have a cities that are unique. Uh, we don't want to have a cities that are similar to many other cities in the world, and you don't see uh, where you are when you wake up in the morning. Uh, I think this kind of cities that we really want uh, to see. I think where the most important is happy society. I think we often forget that because we are too busy doing a lot of things and sometimes we forget about happiness, uh, even our happiness or happiness of our people. The Rising Tide podcast is co-produced by the GRI and Naranha Media. We want to thank Esther Anne and Banadia Chandadevi for sharing their time and expertise. We also want to thank the Swedish government for making this podcast series possible. We greatly appreciate their long-standing support for sustainable development work, catalyzing actions towards the SDGs. Thank you for listening.